Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Three o'clock hour, the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. The training camp for the Cardinals is done. It's over. Uh, they are... Now they, it's over. Now it's over. Now it's over. Last week I thought it was over. Last, I was, a couple weeks ago, I said it's, it's over. It no, we were done. We, we were, were done. done with it, but yeah. it wasn't really over. It wasn't over. done. Now it's, just, it's actually officially the over. The public portion of it was done, um, but they were still going on with camp. Now, well, I can, now you act as long as you can't go there anymore. That's it. Like, it doesn't matter. It's done. I, yeah. I, anybody who knows me knows I'm very egocentric. It's all about me. I, I, I know. I'm very... That, that's just how I work. Very myopic, right? I mean, that's... Uh, of the two of us, I would say that's by far more my gig than yours. I like to be humble. I'm old school. I don't like to talk a lot. But at the same time, am I talented? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm more the humble one. I don't think people realize this, but Burns, he's not like that. <laughs> I'm a humble. Talks about himself a lot. I know. It's all about me. It's all about me. And if I can't go to Cardinals practice, Cardinals practice done. is done. It's over. If I can't go to camp, camp is done. Camp's that's finished that. the day I walk out that door. Yeah, that's the way you so feel. I got a lesson in humility this past week, and it's not done. But now I can say with certainty it is done. There's no more training camp. They've got a preseason game coming up on Sunday, and then Let's they go, go to Nashville to play the Titans and practice with the Titans for a week. And then, then it's regular season. Time. Now, we uh, we wait and see what happens with Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Obviously, he had the speeding incident early in camp, and that was a lot of news, and it was very disappointing. But we all expect that at some point, at least we believe that at some point, he will get paid because wide receivers are getting paid. Ooh. And if there's one dominant storyline from the offseason, it is that wide receivers are now getting paid at a level that is hard for some to kind of keep up with because the numbers are just crazy when it comes to the wide receiver position. There's a great story today on oh, ESPN.com. Loved it. I just loved it. And it was just, where did it all start? Yeah. In some ways, it started the minute the Cardinals traded yep. for and signed DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals gave DeAndre Hopkins a contract extension. At the time, he had three years and $40 million left. Cardinals added two more years at 54 and a half. The new money averaged $27.25 million. One of the things that you, that you, you learn a lot when you talk to the Eric Burkharts of the world that it's all about new money with an agent. So even though he had three years left at 54, uh, at 40, three years left at 40, everybody just looked at the new money. Oh, DeAndre Hopkins is getting $27.25 million a year. Well, that really wasn't the case. I mean, the case was he was averaging $18.9 million a year, not $27.25. But, you know, one AFC executive said it was Hopkins. Hopkins drove these numbers up. That's why Adams wouldn't sign in Green Bay. Then it was a disagreement over new money versus total, but it was that Hopkins number that everybody wanted to shoot for. Now, that doesn't mean if the Cardinals hadn't done it, it wouldn't have happened anyway. It would have happened anyway. It would have been another wide receiver on another team. Somebody eventually would have drove the, drove the market up to where it was. It's not like it's in a vacuum. You can say, oh, it's Cardinals' fault. It's all the Cardinals' fault. Boy, if they said and traded for DeAndre Hopkins and paid him, man, we wouldn't be right where we are. No. Somebody else would have done it somewhere else. It but would teams have happened. Would go, teams are going to these wide receivers and saying, no, it's really five years for 94, which is about 18, 19 million a year. Agents were saying, no, 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 no. He got two years added on at 27.25. So if my guy's going to sign, and that's why you saw this crazy, right? The Chiefs traded Hill, Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. The Titans traded Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. We, we talked about Metcalf and Debo Samuel and what was going to happen with them. 
XM and Terry McLaurin and, and, you know, extensions for DJ Moore. And all of a sudden, the numbers for wide receivers started to go crazy. They went through the roof. Look at what Christian Kirk got, for goodness sake. But everybody points back to yeah. the Cardinals giving Hopkins that extension to where the, to why these numbers are where they are now. And everybody's gotten paid. Cups got paid in Los Angeles. Stephon Diggs, before he even had a chance to express discontent with his place in the new market, he got a contract extension. DJ Moore got a contract extension. And suddenly the value just jumped at a rate that no other position has seen a jump like. Like no other position in the NFL saw a jump like you saw with the wide receiver position. So now fast forward to the Cardinals' current dilemma. Okay, they've got one in DeAndre Hopkins. They've got another one in Hollywood Brown. And he's going to want to get paid. I mean, he is part of this next wave. And I, I can only assume, though nothing has been done about it yet, I can only assume that the Cardinals did not trade a first-round pick to acquire Marquise Hollywood Brown without the intention of paying him and keeping him long-term. I just can't imagine that wasn't part of the plan for him. But I right? think you got to see what he could do here with Kyler Murray in Arizona before you pay him. And he's not the only one. You look at Minnesota's Justin Jefferson, Dallas's C.D. Lamb, the Bengals' T. Higgins. Michael Pittman Jr. with the Colts. You got uh, Jerry Judy with the Broncos. You got all these players that are going to be extension eligible right now. Marquise Brown being one of those. And those numbers, like the numbers have been established. Metcalf got three years and $72 million. The 49ers did three years and almost $72 million for Samuel. So the numbers are what they are. Like you're not going to get it. If, if he has a good year, that's the price to pay. It, that, that Because it's been established now with not one guy. But it's been established with like seven or eight different guys what that number is. Okay, so here's a hypothetical. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this is going to happen. But what if he doesn't have a good year? What if it doesn't click with Kyler? You don't pay him if he doesn't have a good year. You gave up a first round draft pick for him. And I'm not, now look, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that means it's blank check time and you pay him no matter what. No, you don't pay him no matter what. But in some ways, this gamble, right? This gamble of trading your first round pick for an established player like that, it's great. But if he doesn't have a good season this year and we're debating whether or not it's worth paying him or not, now you have the opportunity for this to be an epic fail. I mean, just an epic epic, spectacular fail. If you give up a first-round draft pick for a player and you don't even bring him back and you only get a year or two out of him, it... I never... You never really think about the downside to a deal like that until you're faced with a hypothetical like that. You just assume you trade a first-round pick for a wide receiver, you're going to keep him. Well, if he doesn't have the kind of year that warrants you keeping He's him... He's still under contract next year. I I, I, I get that. but And maybe you, you it's a two-year audition, but at some right. point... And I guess if he doesn't have the kind of year that warrants it, he can't really hold out and ask for more. I'm just saying, potentially, if he doesn't live up to the hype, the Cardinals are in a sticky situation because so, they gave up a first-round pick. So here's guy. what I do. I, I, I pay him the $2 million this year. He's actually under contract for $13 million next year. If he doesn't have a great year this year, I pay him the $13 million next year. He's got one year left on his deal, then he's an unrestricted free agent. But if he has a great season, I still have the ability to franchise tag him if I can't come to an agreement with him. So if I like him and I don't want to lose him, I could franchise tag him. I'd prefer to get a deal done, but I don't think you do. You, because you've got him for this year or next year on the contract, you'd love to get a deal done now, Sure, but if he doesn't play well, 
I don't think you could do it. I think you've got to play it out a little bit longer. Yeah. And then if he goes to which the is fi- risky, which is risky, and then you go into the final year of your deal, and you're going to see what happened in Seattle and what happened in San Francisco. You're going to have hold-ins. You're going to have guys who show up, but they're not working because they're quote unquote hurt or they're quote unquote sick. It could become ugly. Yeah, and, and it, we we saw it throughout the league with a couple of different situations this year. Look, it's 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 a risk. It's a chance you take. But I, I do think the other thing too with this whole wide receivers getting paid topic, you got to understand. This is the flip side to the running back coin now. Understand that. Like running backs now not getting paid. Running backs now not getting drafted. It's the same coin. The league has changed, obviously, to this this immense passing league, right? Yeah. Wide receivers are getting the money that running backs aren't anymore. Wide receivers are, you know, multiple wide receivers making multiple millions of dollars per year. That is going to become, I think, more and more common per team as the salaries for running backs go down because that's the changing nature of this league. Like the Cardinals could be one of those teams that have two of the highest paid wide receivers in the league on the same roster. There was a time, think about Fitz and Anquan Bolden. They wouldn't do it. There was a time where you just wouldn't do that. Oh, no, we can't have two of those guys on the same roster. I think those days are gone with the way the league has changed now. Uh, Tory Daniels, an agent, he's, he's got Brown, Samuel, Metcalf, Mike Williams, he's got all these, Chris Godwin. He said it's a passing league now, and nowadays you've got to have two dominant wide receivers on the team. There you go. you got to have two dominant wide receivers. Yeah. So if, if you had one dominant wide receiver... But not another, another, but not a dominant running back. And you had a chance to go get another dominant receiver or a dominant running back. What would you do? Would you rather have two dominant receivers or one dominant receiver and one dominant running back? Two dominant receivers. So a lot of people feel that way. Yep. A lot the, of people feel that way. Because the running backs just feel, you know how I feel about it. I think the league is kind of trending that way. It just does not feel like the thing you want to spend a lot of your money on these days. I'd rather have the one wide receiver and the I one running would, but back. You, but you're, you're old school like that. We've established that today. Jeez. <laughs> I don't feel that old, man. I know. You're just sounding old. With I don't each, feel old. Each passing. Oh, I'm like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I don't like. I don't feel old. I know you don't. You're just sounding it today. It's just one I of those sound it, but I don't just, feel it. Just in one of those those zones today. When we come back, the college football season is fast approaching. How are things projected to shake out in the quote conference of champions? Close quote. <clears throat> it's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. FM Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Even John Wilner, who's friend of the show, Pac-12 Insider, even he's, I don't want to say struggling because we even talked to him about it, but just looking at his best case, worst case for ASU football this year, yeah. even he's got a real wide range of what ASU could be this year. Um, John Wilner, he's doing a team-by-team preview of every school in the Pac-12. Best case 2022 scenario for ASU, he says, is 8-4. and four. Worst case 2022 scenario, he says, is 4-8. and eight. He's got them going through game by game. He's got them 5-7 and seven on the season. 3-6 and six in the conference. So they beat the Lumberjokes. Yep. He say he says we gave serious consideration to predicting a loss, but decided to send doubles like a few too many plays for NAU to match in the fourth quarter. Wins over Eastern Michigan. Then he's got three wins in the conference. Three conference wins: Washington, UCLA, Oregon State. The losses: Oklahoma State, Utah, 
USC, Stanford, Colorado, Washington State, and Arizona. What's interesting is the losses are at USC, at Stanford, at Colorado, at Washington State, at Arizona. He's got him losing every single conference road game. Every single conference every road single game. One. He does not have him winning one conference road game. Not one. So nope. all of the wins are home games, but he does have them losing at home to Utah. Yeah. So all of the losses are road games in the conference. With the exception of Utah. He's got them losing at home to Utah. All of the wins are the home games, obviously, with the exception of Utah against Washington, UCLA, and Oregon State. It's, I'm, I wouldn't want to do this. I'm just telling you that we probably will the closer we get to the opener for ASU, give some sort of prediction on a record. Campbell, I have no idea. I mean, I have no idea. We just had Emory Jones on the show a half yeah. hour ago. I don't know how good he's going to be. These transfers, the new look, the you know coordinators who are both in their first year, right. Herm Edwards, and the distraction of this being his last year in all likelihood. I mean, yeah. there's it's a it's a it's a wicked stew that they're cooking over there. Like I don't know, I, I don't well, they, know how the ingredients are going to mix up and what this season's going to be. When Zach Hill you know left as offensive coordinator, they brought in Glenn Thomas to run an offense for Jaden. Daniels. But Emory Jones is kind of similar with his ability to run. Like he Emory Jones is at his best when when havoc happens, right? With you know, when they when he improvises and when he adapts and he just tucks it and runs and you know, unscripted plays. He's best at unscripted plays. Now, wide receiver wise, here's what you really question. Like they just don't have any experience at wide receiver. They've got some transfers coming in. You know, this Charles um what's his name, Hall the Fourth, the, the kid from uh, Virginia Union, speedster, burner. you still got Andre Johnson. You've got Cam Johnson from Vandy. That Cam not that Johnson, one. not yeah. the other no, Cam. No, not that one. Yeah. But I just don't think that you really look at the, you just don't have a lot of experience. So who's he, who's he throwing the ball to? Where's their experience? They lost a lot of quality players, right? They lost they lost Jaden Daniels, Ricky Pearsall, L.V. Bunkley Shelton, Eric Gentry, Jermaine Lolay, Chip Trainum. These are all guys that transferred. They're still playing. They're just playing some Somewhere else, and then of course you had the injury to Michael Matus and some others, but they just—it's a lot of un- I agree with you. It's a lot of unknowns. It's hard to peg. It, it really is. It's, it's hard to figure out what they're going to be. And and I, I, you know, if if somebody asked me for a prediction, I'd probably play it safe and just say six and six because I just don't, I don't know. I, I I don't know where they're gonna. I don't know. In addition to the uncertainty with the roster and all these new guys, I just don't know. Like last year, you know me, and we talked about this a lot. The distraction of the investigation. And it and guys admitted later it clearly impacted what was going on last year because everybody was kind of looking over their shoulder to try to figure out who was next. Well, a lot of those guys are gone now, right? A lot of those guys have uh, they're, they're not in terms of players and coaches. A lot of those guys aren't here anymore. So I, I feel like as much as ASU can have turned the page without actually finding out the punishment, that ASU's kind of turned the page a little bit. These are new players. These are somewhat new coaches. This is kind of a brand new situation. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how they're going to react with everything that's hanging over the head of the program. I know what Herm's probably feeling, and I'm sure this is going to be his last year there. I'd be shocked if it's not. But can you imagine? Let's take Wilner's projection here for a second. If they finish with eight wins, how surprising 
that would be? I'd sure. be I'd be shocked. Yeah, eight if they four. won them. eight and four, you're going to a decent bowl game. Eight and four, if, if the investigation's well, if, not yeah, over, if you're allowed to, right? If you're yeah. allowed to, you're going to yeah. Eight wins would be tremendous if they can get eight wins. You know, here's the thing. I mean, it got just just, just this is the way of college football. I was looking at the preseason All Pac-12 team. The here's the offense. There's a kid from Arizona, Jacob Cowing. That's the transfer from UTEP. Defense. There's the defensive lineman from Arizona, Kyan Bars. Special teams, you got Arizona's kicker and Arizona's punter. You know what's not in there? Any players from ASU? There's not one player from ASU on the preseason All Pac 12 team, offense, defense, or special teams. Not one. You know, so I think there is a lot of unknown. But it's like college football is so different now because the transfer portal, it's almost like free agency. You know, how did you do? Like, how did you do? Like, Emory, they got Emory Jones. They got a running back out of Wyoming, a defensive lineman out of Miami, a wide receiver out of Andy, a tight end out of Mizzou, who's 6'7". I don't know if he's any good or not, but like this. <laughs> Are these guys any good? I don't know. Messiah Swinson, Mizzou, 6'7", he's huge. They're going to run a lot of 12 personnel. You see a lot of two tight ends on the field, but. You know, you've got a new quarterback. You got like there's no chemistry here. You got a lot of new players coming in, and so you know it, it trends towards more likely a five or six win season than it does a seven oh, or an eight I, win I, I season. I would agree. I, I mean, if if I was kidding about the six and six thing, if I had to pick, I, I think they're a five win team, maybe a six win team, but, but the, five and six over seven and eight all day, right? I mean, if oh, you, yeah, you had your choice, you'd probably lean five six over seven eight. A- absolutely. And, and oh, I mean, look, let's be honest. Last year was the year. Last year was the year it was all set up. Last year was the year the schedule was set up the way you wanted it to be. The roster was set up the way you wanted it to be. If if there was going to be that big breakthrough Herm Edwards year, it was going to be last year. And it, obviously, it didn't happen for a myriad of different reasons. And so now, and then, of course, you've got realignment hanging over everybody's head. And, and I mean, even Wilner in his article joked that the loss at Oklahoma State is a potential Big 12 preview game. And he said, I'm just kidding. But you know, but that that kind of stuff's going to hang over everything are too. They, like, are they going to be competitive in that game? Or are they going to lose by four touchdowns? Are they going to blow out NAU, or is it going to be a game in the fourth quarter? Yeah, like that's the stuff you kind of look at early, right? Like, you know, there has been one or two times when NAU has played ASU tough. Like, that would not be a good sign if NAU is hanging around that game late in the game. To your point, usually those cupcake games early yeah. in, the, in the season like that. Usually, I'll be honest, I don't pay a ton of attention to them, even when it is my alma mater, NAU. Um, that one, I might be kind of inclined to pay a little bit more attention to, just because I don't know. I don't know what ASU is going to be this year. I I don't think NAU is that has next it. Thursday. That's a uh, two weeks from yesterday. So it's a week from next Thursday. Two weeks, right? Right. So a, a, a week, a week from, from Thursday. A week from a week Thursday. 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 Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that game, I think, takes on a little bit more interest because you just don't know. <laughs> We'll find out. But it could set up really bad if it's oh, like one of those yeah, things. Like, but listen, the one thing that you would say about ASU, and I would say this about any team like this, the chances that they get better as the season progresses is strong because they just don't, you know, have a, don't have a lot of experience together. Yeah. So the more games that they could play, they, they, they might be a better second-half team than they are a first-half team. When we come back, we have just a few hours remaining in our give for Phoenix Children's Hospital. You want to know how much we've raised so far? We'll how tell much? you because we've got a goal. I'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The give for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers in the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station in the Arizona Sports app. Give 
Subathon on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's the final push. We've got just a few hours left today to raise money for this gem of an institution that we're all lucky enough to have right here in our backyard. Of course, I'm talking about Phoenix Children's Hospital right there on the 51. Gambo and I drive by it every single day. It's simply one of the best in the country. It's one of the best in the world. And to have it here, to be so lucky to have it here, to know that if you need it, to hope that you never do, but to understand that if you do, that it's there waiting for you. Yeah. It's incredible. It's 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 an awesome achievement to know that we've got that here. Sir, a tweet from a guy yesterday said, "You know, I've been listening to this radiothon for a while. I, I became a champion of hope. Donated the twenty dollars a month, and you know, a while ago. And and then I ended up having two kids that needed to go to Phoenix Children's Hospital. Like, right? Wow, and that's like, how it works. Right? That's how it works. Like years ago, just you know, just donated, heard the radiothon, and all of a sudden, boom, two of his kids ended up having to go to PCH. Now, the donation, uh, the Desert Financial Phone Bank, of course, it is open six zero two nine three three. Three four five six seven is the number six zero two nine three three four five six seven. I hope by now you've heard we are in a Valley Hyundai Dealers triple match. We have been all day. This is the push, man. We're, we we only have a few hours left at this. We're trying to get as much as we can and dig as deep as we can and reach as far as we can into our community. If you haven't done it yet and you're a listener to Burns and Gambo, Wolf and Luke, Bickley and Murata, KTAR News, whatever the case may be, if you haven't done it yet, and we understand not everything's great out there with the economy, if you haven't done it, this is your opportunity. Yeah. Triple match right now, baby. Triple match. The kids cannot wait, and the need is great. Become a champion of hope. Just $20 a month. All you have to do is give us a call at the Desert Financial Phone Bank at 602-933-4567. Champion of hope, $20 per month, and we'll take a teddy bear upstairs to one of the kids in the hospital right now in your name. Keep in mind when I talk about the kids in the hospital, 339 kids inpatient right now at the hospital. 47 kids in a cardiovascular intensive care unit. 27 babies in the newborn intensive care unit right now. 602-933-4567. Check presentation time. And this one is from our very good friends at the Fiesta Bowl Foundation. Hi, I'm Christina Chumple. I'm the Senior Director for Community Relations at the Fiesta Bowl, and I'm joined today by Marcelle Franklin, a member of our Board of Directors. You know, the Fiesta Bowl really is more than just a game, and we are so honored to step up and support our community in so many ways. And the Fiesta Bowl has been supporting Phoenix Children's Hospital and the critical work that they do for so many years. Today, on behalf of Fiesta Bowl Charities, we would like to present this check in the amount of $10,000 to the Give-A-Thon for Phoenix Children's Hospital. For others who are also able to give, we encourage you to call 602-933-4567 to donate today. $10,000. From our friends at the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Fantastic. Thank you very much. You know we appreciate it. Every single dollar counts when talking about Phoenix Children's. Time now for another story of hope. Why we do this. Why the hospital matters so much. And it's presented by Madame Holmes. And it's Layla's story. So imagine being a labor nurse. You work around moms and newborns and you do it for a living. Now you're a labor nurse and you happen to be pregnant when at 24 weeks you become sick and life immediately changes for you and your baby. This is Layla's story. I'm Paula. And I'm Tony and this is Layla's story. It was absolutely perfectly normal pregnancy. 
and then it just like out of the blue, I got really sick and wound up having her. I believe kids ought to stay kids as long as they can. Turn off the screen, go climb a tree, get dirt on their hands. It all happened so fast. I got there at 2 o'clock and she was born at 5. You know, me as a labor nurse knows that a 24-weeker is not good. There's a lot of issues 24-weekers can have when they're born. I really didn't know what was the possibilities of things going wrong until she explained it to me. We literally didn't think that she was going to make it. Most 24-weekers don't have very good outcomes. The nurse practitioner tried three times to intubate her, and I begged her and started crying just to save her. And they tried one more time, and she was actually able to intubate her that last time. That first night was very hard. Not knowing if she's going to live or die, never knowing if I got to hold her before that happened. It was very, very rough. Monday after she was born, we sat down with the neurologist. They explained that she had the grade four brain bleed on one side and a grade two on the other side, that, you know, there's a possibility that she may never walk or talk. That's when they gave us the option if we were going to keep her on life support or take her off life support. So we said as long as she wasn't suffering and she wasn't in pain and she wasn't hurting, that we wanted to do everything possible for her. And she's here today. We got to bring our baby home finally after 115 days. But with a 24-weeker, your journey is never going to be over. They have lifelong medical issues. It's, like they say, a roller coaster. I believe most people are good and most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood. The biggest hurdle for her is, is what kind of future is she going to have? I want her to be just like her sister and not have to worry about anything but being a kid. Our new normal is to whatever's going to help her live a happy, healthy life. Do I think the roller coaster is over? No. Do I think that we're in great hands with PCH for whatever else arises? Absolutely. Every hurdle that we've gone through, they could help us at PCH, and they have made it as easy as possible for us to go through all these challenges. It's not like going to a normal hospital, like we were driving on the way here, and she actually wanted to go to PCH, her hospital. They treat you like their family. I believe most people are good, and most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood. She thinks of PCH as her hospital, and she's not scared of it. They've helped us through our struggle and then some. I know that there'll be a next challenge. I am not unrealistic to think that there's not going to be with her, but we're ready for whatever challenge comes next because we know that we are in good hands with them. If it wasn't for them, our daughter wouldn't be where she is today. I believe most people are good. She wanted to go to the hospital. I know. She wants to. She, what that, kid that, wants that, to go that, to the hospital? That's my hospital. That's my uh, hospital. Let's I, go. I, I want to go there. Uh, Man, seems... that, 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 that just pops from that story. Like, they drive by the hospital. That's my hospital. I want to go there. I love, you know, I love the part about, you know, they didn't know if she was going to live or die. Grade four, N2, brain bleeding. She's on life support, and you got to make a decision. And they decided to, as long as she wasn't in pain, let's ride this through. And then they got to take her home, and, uh, and, and she seems to be 
doing well. That that's a good story. Yeah, it's a good it, story. And they keep you know, she kept referring to her as a twenty four weeker, and of course she's a labor nurse, so she understands the, the the kind of the pitfalls and the risks with that. And they know they're not out of the woods. That there's always going to be challenges and everything. But to know that Phoenix Children's Hospital is there step by step to help get them through those challenges, that is what we're talking about when we're talking about Phoenix Children's. You know, we're talking about them being there with them. For yeah, this. to hear these moms, right? We, we've heard so many moms during this. And one of the things about that song, I believe that every mother should be for, for, for sainthood. Yes, you amen know, to that. Man, is it so true? Yeah, it's, it's so true. true. Yeah. Us men, we have no idea. All mothers should be part of sainthood. It's just true. 100%. Absolutely. All right. An inspiring story, an inspiring time. Triple match. Triple match. Triple match. Triple match. Triple match. Now is the best time to call 602-933-4567 to donate to PCH. Triple your donation now. It's the Giveathon Triple Match. Yeah, you bet your life. The Desert Financial Phone Bank, 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. All donations are being tripled. It's a triple match Friday. It's brought to you by your Valley Hyundai dealers. The best thing for you to do is to call that number and tell the volunteer on the other line you want to become a champion of hope. $20 a month, and we'll deliver a 10 bear in your name, yeah. and now that 20 is tripled. Yeah, and please call now, because our boss is in there. He's on the other side of the glass. He's staring us down like, hey, triple match. you got to get this thing going. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. He's got that. that look at that face. Yeah. He's looking at us like, you guys better get this done. You better get this done. Let's go. 602-933-4567. It's a triple match. Your 100 becomes 300. Your 500 becomes 50. If you donate $1,000, it's three thousand dollars right now this is the largest and the best radiothon uh give-a-thon for our children's hospital in the entire country we want you to be a part of it and we want to kind of get our boss to not growl at us we like just that. want him to smile he doesn't smile very often yeah. it'd be nice if we could see a smile every now and then out of the guy for like, goodness sake. like he's like there's three phone lines open right now look at him there's three phone, he's like there's three phone lines open at least you don't have to share a room with him uh, exactly you're still, in there with him poor man we're gonna be holding up the three fingers like like three phone lines open. You guys better get those phones to ring. Desert Financial Phone Bank, 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. And yeah, if you want to donate $1,000, awesome. We'd love to see it become 3000 with this triple match. But again, in this, the simplest, best way for you to do this, if you can afford it, $20 a month. That's it. Become a champion of hope. $20 a month. And we'll take one of those teddy bears up to the kids right now if you call 602-933-4567. Triple match going on right now. Give us a call. Train Teddy Bear Express. We get enough of those teddy bears on that train, Teddy Bear Express. We send them upstairs at the hospital. There's always room for more. That's the one thing Gambo and I have learned about taking those teddy bears upstairs to that hospital. There's always, always, always room for more teddy bears on the Teddy Bear Express. So call us at yeah. 602. One line open right now. Let's go. One line open. Somebody fill that line and become a champion of hope for $20. 
one line open right now. Who's gonna Who's gonna call right now and say, you know what? I'm in. I'm gonna fill up that last line. Give us Six, that number. Give us that 602 number. 602-933-4567. Somebody call and fill up that last line. 602-933-4567. Make a donation. We also have a goal, and we've never done it before. We're trying to get to two million dollars. We, we've never had a week where we've gotten to two million dollars. That's what we're trying to shoot for by the time we sign off the air at six o'clock tonight. As of right now, we're not going to do the drum roll thing. As of right now, we are at one point six eight million dollars. So nearly one point seven. We're okay. almost okay. the one point seven. But we've only got about two hours left. We want to be at two million dollars in two hours and fifteen minutes from right now. That's our goal. 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. When we come back, we have the wildest and maybe the most believable theory as to why Tom Brady has gone MIA from the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Sean Gambadoro, Dave Burns here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Again, the Desert Financial Phone Bank for Phoenix Children. 602-933-4567. This is our final push. We're at about $1.7 million. Boy, we want to get to $2 million. We really want to get to $2 million. Uh, it's just something that's uh, unprecedented. It's, it's never done. been done before. Never Nobody's done. ever raised that type of money. Uh, for a fundraiser like this, no. it's never been done before. We want it, so we we we, we can we can kind of sense it, but we gotta we gotta have a big push to get there. And of course, it's it's not it's not about that. It's about the hospital. It's about the kids. But that would also be really really cool to say you live in a community that just raised two million dollars for the for the local children's hospital, which is one of the best in yeah. the country, if not in the world. Could, it could be the biggest fundraiser in the history of children's hospitals, and you could yeah. be a part of that. You hey, know? could really use a couple businesses too to help us get there. If you've got a business ability to donate $500,000, you can call right now, 602-933-4567. Anybody that owns a business, you're having a good year and having some success and you want to give back, um, tax-deductible donation, 602-933-4567. All right, let's talk about the NFL for a couple of minutes. The Cardinals, of course, preseason game number two is coming up on Sunday against the Ravens at State Farm Stadium. There was a preseason game last night. We'll talk about that in a moment, but I want to start... I really want to start with this Tom Brady rumor because it's just funny as hell. It really is. There's a rumor on Reddit that the reason why Tom Brady has an excused absence from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh, God. is that he's filming The Masked Singer. Oh, my God. Now, in some ways, it makes sense. Okay. okay. Tell in, me why. Tell ways. me why. All right. Um, and I got this off of a Twitter account, verified Twitter account. The filming dates for the Masked Singer line up with his absence. Apparently, they're taping the show right now. That's number one. Okay, okay. He retired. So perhaps while he retired, he, he committed to, to the show. Oh, okay. And so now he's kind of committed. And then, of course, the big one, he just signed a $300 million contract with Fox to be their broadcaster the second his playing career is done. What better way to kind of kick that yeah. off or to, to show that he's part of the Fox team by wearing some costume and singing in the Mass Singer contest? So um, I'm, I'm, I don't want... Watch the masks. 
Masked Singer, no, but it I. is a reality series featuring celebrities concealing their identities in outlandish costumes and masks while taking part in a singing competition. I just looked up what celebrities, Sarah Palin, Lil Wayne, <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, Barry Zito, Jamie Foxx, Jenny McCarthy. Um, Antonio Brown has done it back when he was on the Raiders. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's did, right. Did Gronkowski do it? That sounds familiar. I don't watch the Terry show. Terry Bradshaw did it. I, I remember, remember Terry Bradshaw doing it. Yeah. Okay. I was just, I, I was, I don't know. I was just, it was Gronk on The Masked Singer. I don't know. The Masked Singer reveals White Tiger is Rob Gronkowski. Okay. So maybe Gronk he, he was, was on it. He was. Yeah. Okay. He was. Yeah. There. Maybe that I've heard. So <laughs> I guess there's this, um, I guess somebody kind of figured this out. This, uh, what's her name? Uh, Valenzuela is the one who kind of like maybe kind of broke this thing apart. <laughs> Valenzuela suggests that the secrecy around Brady's absence from the team could serve as means to hide that he's filming the show. She also pointed out Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown have previously appeared on The Masked Singer. Um, Bull said earlier this month Brady's departure was planned long before training camp, which tracks the idea that he could be away filming this thing. <laughs> so, I, I listen, if, if if the cat's out of the bag, everybody's going to be guessing that. Who do you think are still Tom Brady? Yep, that's, that's good Tom guess, Brady, right? right? Yeah, I've, I, I, look, I've only seen the commercials for the show. I've never watched it. It's not my cup of tea. I, I, I don't know. But, but the Reddit thread is funny. The Twitter thread is funny. Uh, one person on Twitter, I also also asked an unnamed player who would know via text, quote, would Brady do this? And he said, ha ha, yes, 100%. So now people are making jokes on Twitter that, you know, they, so they wear costumes yeah. while they're singing. Tom Brady's costume should be a goat costume. Like he should come oh, out in a oh man, a that's so funny. In a goat costume that's and, so, and sing. Okay, but now if this is out, like how do they like how do they do it? If he's filmed this whole show, I don't know. I, I, everybody's gonna know it's him. Everyone's gonna know it's him. Everyone's gonna if he comes back. Now he's gotta he's gotta deny, right? He's gotta lie and deny. No, no, I wasn't I, off okay, doing where the were you? Right? Where was, were I, you? Family stuff, personal stuff. I had of this. I had. A, I just. I hope. Can I fly him to like Barbados or something? Just take a photo or <laughs> make it look like he. On Make a it look like he's somewhere. somewhere. The show's gonna come out eventually. Yeah, it is. And and I mean, but okay, let's 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 talk to another. You're missing training camp to go film the Masked Singer. <laughs> like seriously, yeah, that's contract to contract gambo. I'll do it next year. I'll, you'll still have as long as the show's still on. Is it a popular show? I don't. Does know. anybody I, know? I, I it's it's been on for it's four popular, or five but seasons. I've yeah, never met anybody who watches yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's the best way to put it. It's popular, but you've never somebody's watching it. I just don't know who. There's a poll question right there. Does any, who, do who watches the? How many of you watch the Masked Singer? A full episode of the Masked Singer. Not has like anybody ever watched a full episode of the Masked Singer? Just give me a yes, no. Just On give it. me a yes, no. Oh, the whole it. thing is like that. the epitome of a clickbait article. It's like who was underneath the pig mask this week? <laughs> I know. It's. I see the. Honestly, I see the commercials for it when I'm watching football on Fox. It just whole, looks so it, dumb. It looks creepy. It looks weird. It's just yeah. like you know. The, 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 I agree with the that. costumes they come up with are just. Just they're just they're they're bizarro. So I don't. I, hey, if that's what he's doing, then maybe the cat's out of the bag. Someone has a theory about uh, this. Is hilarious. Someone has a theory about where Tom Brady is. When we Ma- come, imagine if they're right, uh, and he's and they pull off the mask. Oh, and it's, it's Tom a Brady. fantasy football analyst, Kendall Valenzuela. 
fantasy football analyst, That's Kendall Valenzuela, okay. has a fantastic theory about why, why Brady is away from the Bucks. <laughs> It's awesome if that's what it is. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, who will play cornerback opposite Byron Murphy? The answer you thought you knew might not be the answer right now. We'll explain next on the Burns and Gambo show.